Welcome to all of our Multiply family, to CFA Church, as you are gathered literally around the world in different states. And, and we want to say a welcome from our broadcast location here in North Carolina. Speaking of North Carolina, we've been getting some interesting news as a lot of the states are, are in different degrees of reopening. So we received some news yesterday. Um, uh, concerning churches and reopening. And, and we just want to let you know that really almost since day one, we've had a task force and that is praying through this, that is researching, that is doing the best that we can. And so as soon as we know what our next steps will be, so we've got um, different scenarios and different options and we're playing those out all the way down the road. And just as soon as we know, and would you pray for us this week as we make those decisions that we want to make faith-filled decisions, but we want to make safe decisions and wise decisions. And we believe, we believe that this series was not by accident, that we are coming out of this, that we are going to exit COVID better on the other side. And we'll communicate that via our social media and email. And of course, all those, all those channels. If you've got your copy of God's word, I want to take, want you to take that out and open up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you stumbled on that Facebook feed, uh, we'll put it up the, on the screen for you. So don't worry about that. It, it, I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, continue to be an online evangelist. It's real easy. Just go ahead and hit that share button. I promise you on the other side of your share, there's a divine appointment waiting on that. We keep hearing about them. We keep meeting them. People that are engaging, not just CFA, not just the Multiply family, they're engaging Jesus and they're engaging God's word through this. And so we're just so grateful for that. So go ahead and hit share. Somebody in your scope of influence and in your scope of friends needs this word. As we talk again about exiting covid better on the other side. And I believe that for you. I believe that for your family. I believe that for your job and for your business. I believe that for your education. I believe that for every area of your life. But I'm telling you, it doesn't just happen. Things aren't going to open up in whatever phase. They're not going to open up and you're not going to stumble into the next season. So we've been talking about a couple of premises for the series that are very important. Number one is this, is that we don't always choose what happens to us, but we do choose our response. Come on, can you say an amen to that, that we probably have less choices than we ever have in our lives today? We're being told what we can can do and what we can't do. And that's not a, a political statement. It's just a statement. It's just a, a, a fact. And so in this day and in this season of limited choices, I do choose my attitude. I do choose my level of joy. Come on, we need to choose joy because joy doesn't always choose us. Joy doesn't always hunt you down. So you need to hunt down joy. I choose my attitude and I choose my response. The other thing that we've been talking about through this series is this, how you exit one season is how you're going to enter the next. 
How you exit one season is how you enter the next. And so LeBron is not sitting at home with a bag of Doritos on his chest five seasons deep into whatever episode of Netflix and, and David Stern isn't going to call him or his GM or, or coach isn't going to call him and say, hey, LeBron, next week we're on. And all of a sudden he's got to brush the Dorito crumbs off of him and get into shape. No, he's making preparations now for opening day. Can I tell you that the people who win on the other side of this are making preparations now in their life. And that's why it's not by accident that you came across this feed. That's why it's not by accident that you're engaging in this because I'm telling you most people aren't making preparations, but you're not most people. When you think about it this way, um, uh, a lot of times when an NFL, with a, when a football athlete gets injured, and they've missed two months out of the season or, or, or six months out of the season or they're, they're rehabbing in the off season and they're in a pool and they're going through their workout regimen and they're, they're training and they're working out hard. The one thing that they can't duplicate during that training regimen is game conditions. And one of the things that you always hear, you always hear NFL athletes say is this, that first game back, they say something like this, I wasn't prepared for the speed of the game. That's true even in a transition from college. We just had the draft a few weeks ago. These college athletes that were at the top of their college game are transitioning into a new season. And so they have to be prepared for the speed of the game. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to transition you into a new season. And it's a season of promotion. It's a season of being better on the other side. But I got to preach you in into game shape. That's my Holy Spirit assignment during these next, during the weeks of this series is to preach you into game shape because as I said, not everybody's going to be in game shape, but you are in the name of Jesus. You're going to be better on the other side. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be faster. You're going to be ready when things open up. So we've been talking about uh, what does that look like? It, it, it looks like choosing praise. That I'm going to come out of this season not just with a six o'clock praise, but with a midnight praise. That I've learned to access deeper levels of praise, a praise that shakes the foundations, a praise that opens prison doors for a community. That we don't want average praise, we want a midnight praise. We, we've been talking about that we want not just generosity, but we want overflowing generosity. We want to learn not just to give when we are in a season of blessing, but we want, well, we're always in a season of blessing. We want to give when we're not just in a series of excess and overflow, but we want to give when we are in a season of need and lack because it is our giving and our pouring in those seasons that accesses the resource, the resources of heaven. This week, I want to talk to you about this. How many times over the past eight weeks or so, have you heard some, some version or some variation of this phrase? Boy, I just, I can't wait. I just can't wait until things get back to normal. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you've heard it said, or you've said, said it like this. We, we have to be prepared for a new normal. 
And can I just tell you that I don't like either one of those phrases? Here's the title. I want you to write this title. This is a note-taking message. If you don't have something to take notes, grab something. Grab the back of a receipt. Grab a paper. Grab your kids' homework. Whatever it takes, you need to write these things down. But here's what I want to preach to you. Here's what God wants you to know. What somebody to know today is this phrase, never normal. Never normal. I want to preach never normal. I don't want to go back to normal. I don't ever want normal again in my life. I don't want normal family. I don't want normal Christianity. I don't want normal faith. I don't want to gather as a church and do normal church because normal is average and normal is boring and you're not normal. I got news for you. You've never been in normal? Come on, look at the person in the living room across from you and just say, pastor's talking about you again. You know, I'm talking, you don't want, you're not average, you're not normal. Can I, can I share this to somebody today that has struggled all of your life? You've never felt like you fit in do you know why there's a really good reason? It's because God didn't design you to fit in. You're not average. You're not, in fact, the Bible says it like this in 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. I'm telling you, people that are chosen look different. Royal priesthood, that they look different. Holy nation, peculiar people. God has chosen you not to be average. I believe that, I believe that we're actually in the middle of, of three crises. Um, two, of, two of them we know about. I'm not denying them. I'm not diminishing them. They're very real. The first is obvious. It's the COVID-19. It's the health, the health pandemic, the, um, the, the virus that's very, it's very real. I'm not, again, I'm not diminishing that. That's the first crisis. The second crisis is our current economic crisis. And again, that's very, it's very real. It's affecting millions of people. But there's a third crisis, church. There's a silent crisis that is underlying and it's sweeping homes, it's sweeping businesses, it's sweeping political establishments, it's sweeping nations, it's a silent killer, it's a silent crisis, and here it is. It's the crisis of drifting back to normal. The majority of people, all the average people, all the normal people are not going to evaluate things in their lives. And as soon as everything opens up, they're just going to drift back into the same thing. They're just going to do the same things. They're going to have the same money spending habits. They're going to treat their spouses the same way. They're going to be involved in church at the same level. But can I tell you again, that's not you. You're not average. God designed you for greater. He designed you for more. And I'm going to preach this into you. And somebody's going to get this today. And you're going to make a decision today that is going to set the trajectory for the next season of your life. It's going to change your family tree in the name of Jesus. By the way, if you missed, last, if you missed Mother's Day, I don't know how you did. 
But if you missed Mother's Day, you need to go back and watch that service. There is an anointing on that service for generational blessing. And you need to watch that service with a posture of receptivity and say, God, change my family tree, change the trajectory of my life. And I declare that my family, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that blessing is going to be passed on from generation to generation. Grandma, you need to send that to your, to, to your, to your children and to your grandchildren children, parents, you need to send that to your children and say, I declare this over you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And we are going to live in that generational blessing of Numbers chapter six. But here's what I want to give you today. I want to give you a very practical grid for helping you to evaluate. Listen, if we don't, if, hear me, if we don't miss, if we miss this opportunity to evaluate everything in our lives, then we have wasted this crisis. And what I want to give you today is just a very practical grid. So grab that piece of paper. I want you to write these, these things. I'm going I'm to read the scripture and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you these things um, on the other side of this. So put it on your refrigerator. I want you to engage in this as a family. We're going to evaluate everything by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to come out of this better on the other side. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. Because of God's grace to me. Highlight that word grace. This, you're not evaluating things. You're not making decisions based on your ability, based on how good you are, based on how smart you are, based on how much money is left in your 401k. No, it's because of God's grace. We are all here because of his grace. So because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church, I've laid the foundation as an expert builder, and now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we already have, that is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, Here's where we're going to start evaluating. So the foundation is Jesus, and we've got a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show that a person's work has, if a person's work has any value, and if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, then the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So what I want to help us to do is I want to give us to the give us this tool. So 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 all of us, all of us are, are, are in are in this situation now. You're moving. All right, congratulations. You're moving. Your house just sold and you just bought a brand new house. Come on, air high five somebody. We're getting ready to celebrate. We're mo- we are moving. We're moving. Some of you are like, uh-uh, I ain't moving. I'm never doing I did that last time, Pastor. And in the middle of unloading a box in month three after I got in my house, I said, never again. I looked at my spouse and I said, we are here for the rest of our lives. No, just we're all, we're all moving. We're all moving, okay? And here's what 
I know, here's what I know about moving. Moving is a great opportunity to evaluate everything. Moving is a great opportunity. And so you got three boxes. These are the three things that I want you to write. Box number one is this, this is essential, right? How many times have you used the word essential in the last eight weeks? Don't even try to count. I'm not talking about essential as it pertains to jobs or businesses. I'm talking about here, here's my, I'm gonna give you a definition, a spiritual definition of essential for how it applies to your life today. Not any, I'm not talking about anybody's job, anybody's position, anybody's business. Essential is this, I would die for this. And suddenly that category just diminished greatly in your life. The second category is important, important. Like this not, I might not die for it, pastor, but this is very, this is a key component of my life. And, and I might not, I might not need it, but I really want it. And it's important. And then, and then the third category is the clutter category, the clutter category. We found this statistic this week, this week, there are 48,500 storage units in America. 48,500, is that a lot, Pastor Doug? Yes, that's a lot. That is more than the number of McDonald's and Starbucks combined. The average cost of that storage unit is $88.85 per month. I just did a little math. I ran that $88.85 in an ESA, an educational savings account. So if you put that, if you had a child and when they were born, you put $88 in and got a good return in some good growth stock mutual funds, maybe not this year, but in other years, it's going to bounce back. You're going to be okay. And at the end of 12 years, when your child is kind of, you know, in that, in that transition, or say you put it when they started school, when they started school in 12 years and they're getting ready to, to graduate and congratulations to all of our, our college graduates, university graduates, high school graduates, congratulations to you guys, your world changers. Uh, this is not an accident. God did not make a mistake having you graduate during this season. It's going to define you, but it's going to define you for the better. You are a great generation. You're a world-changing generation in the name of Jesus. But if you put, if you put 89 bucks a month, 88 bucks a month in a good ESA from the time your kid was in first grade when they graduated, you would have 25 thousand dollars would that be a good head start getting somebody into college say yes here's what I want somebody to know many of us don't realize how much space the clutter is taking up in our lives and we don't realize what it's costing us and we're living lives and if we're not careful we'll drift back everybody I'm just telling you most people most people are going to drift back into normal they're going to drift back into clutter they're not going to use this opportunity but you're not normal we're going to evaluate everything and so this is not an exhaustive list but I'm just going to help you with some general categories of things that will be good to evaluate here's the first one we're going to evaluate 
evaluate, you're going to evaluate some people in your life. Now, I'm probably not talking about the people that are sitting in the same room with you. I'm not talking about your three closest friends. I'm talking about some people in your life. Here's the, here's the kind of person that I'm talking about. People that are holding you down and holding you back. Just maybe this is the season where you need to find the clutter bin and defriend them and unfollow them in deleting them out of your phone. I was re-watching, um, well, The Office the other day and the episode was on where uh, Pam got really excited about, about a, a scholarship opportunity for design school and art school and, and to go to New York and her company was going to pay for it. She got all excited about it. And then it showed one clip of her talking to Roy, who was the person that she was engaged to. And then on the other side of that, she was like, ah, that's stupid. It's not practical. I'm not going to do that. And here's what I want somebody to know. You're never going to marry your gym as long as you keep dating Roy. And somebody needs to get rid of the Roys in, their, in your life. People, these are, who's the Roy in your life, the, the Roy in your life is the person that when you tell your dreams to, they don't support you. You don't need them. You don't need them. And so it's time to maybe evaluate some people in your life. What about, what about this one? What about some negative thought patterns? Wouldn't this be a great opportunity to declutter a little bit, to declutter some fear, to declutter some things that are, that are uh, some anxieties, to declutter some, some worry? How do you do that? You, you yield those things to the power of the Holy Spirit, some negative thought patterns. What about, what about old habits, old habits that don't match who I want to become? There's some patterns, there's some thoughts, there's some activities there's some choices, there's some viewing habits, there's some eating habits, some drinking habits, there's some different things, there's some habits in our lives that don't match the person that God has for you to be on the other side of this. So you need to do that. You say, pastor, why aren't you putting these things in the clutter bin? Here's why, because I can't do that for you. I can't make that decision for you. And you don't need to watch your pastor do something on a Sunday morning that you're not ready to take the action step of on Monday. See, you got you to gotta make this decision for yourself. I can't make these. I'm just giving you categories. I'm not even, tell, I'm not even telling you where to put them. I'm just asking the question. What about, let's go, let's go for a, a twofer here. What about kids' activities and sports? Pastor, you done gone from preaching to meddling, and I thank you kindly to put those back where you found it. Look, I'm not telling you where to put them. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I'm just, Pastor, there are 125 other churches on Facebook Live right now. I can click off of you and you won't even know it. Yeah, but you'll live the same life on the other side. And I'm not that kind of preacher in your life. I want you better on the other side. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Before you dive back into every activity that your family was involved in, I'm just, I'm just asking that before God, you would evaluate it and put it in the right place. What about career, 
a house, car, 401k. Listen, I'm not saying that what these things provide may not be essential, but what about the vehicle of them? Again, I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Don't get, don't get mad at me for asking the question. It's your, because you, you got you to gotta answer this. You got to answer this. Maybe not everybody, but maybe some people, God's calling you to downsize during this season. Maybe he's calling you to get rid of that car payment that is the source of that anxiety and stress. Maybe, maybe he's calling you to refocus. Maybe he's calling, maybe God is daring to call somebody to the mission field in the middle of a season when it doesn't make sense, when you don't even know what's on the other side of this. Maybe God is, is unearthing a calling in you. Or what about, what about these two? As long, look, I'm in, I'm already in. If you would have clicked off, you would have clicked off by now. So I'm just gonna go all the way in. Here we go. What about your preferences and your political opinion? I'm not saying that they're not important, but I'm just gonna ask you, would you die for them? Would you die? Is it that important that you are bankrupting your, your joy by trying to change other people's opinion on social media? Look, preferences, here's what I know about preferences. I got a lot of them, and the older I get, the more important they are to me. And I don't know that I like that. Things that I didn't care about 10 years ago. Now I find myself getting a little bit grumpy if it's not what my preference is. And, 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 my, and these things, and these things, and I just think it's the time that we evaluate. It's time to evaluate. What about this one, church? What about old wineskins? What about methods and songs? and names and different things that God used for a season that we honor, that we're thankful for, that we celebrate, that we, that we revere, but may be holding us back from a new move of God. And something, behold, I do a new thing. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, but behold, I'm, I'm making ways in the desert, springs in the desert. I'm doing something new for Jesus. When he talks about from old wineskins to new wineskins and, and he's talking about that God is continually doing new things. And he, and he basically says, this is my paraphrase of the words of Jesus, that new wineskins are not a preferable way. They're the only way. And are there some things, are there some ministries, are there some things that were great for a season, but, but we say this, God, I don't want to miss what you're doing now. I don't want to miss the awakening of 2020. I don't want to miss the people that are going to be saved through this. I don't want to miss impacting and influencing communities. I don't want to miss this multiply movement as we, as we plant more churches, as we reach across state lines and international lines if that's what God has for us, whatever it is. I'm just, just saying, let's not let the past hold us back. We stand on the shoulders of giants, but it's for the purpose of seizing the future. What about family? What about mom and dad? What about, what about those 
cousins that you've reconnected with? What, a, what about grandma? What about, what about family gatherings? What about Sunday dinner? What about true recreation? Not, not leisure, things that take our minds off of things. What about true recreation, recreation? Things that pull us together, that engage us, that, that are the stories that we want to tell at dinner that night, that are, that are the pictures that we go through and say, remember, remember when. Are we, are we pulling together? Can I ask you? Can I ask you? Can I, can I help somebody? It's not this bin. <laughs> can, I, can I just, can I, know, I know that some of you are like, I, Pastor, I just want to see somebody and have a conversation with somebody that doesn't share my last name. It doesn't mean I don't love them. It just means that eight weeks we've run out of things to talk about, Pastor. And, and, and I'm not discounting that, but hear me. Can I just ask you, is your family important to you or are they essential? What about, what about church? What about church? We know that church is so much more than a building. We know that we are, we are the church and we've been reminded of that so powerfully during the season. But can I ask you is, I, see, I don't, think you're, I don't think you're watching this. If you, if you think it's clutter, can I ask you when things open back up, is church gonna be important or is it gonna be essential? Is the body of Christ is forsake not the gathering together of the believers is the, the hope and the life and the faith and being able to be a world changer and being used in ministry and gathering in tribes and in groups and finding life and helping others to find life and finding family through meaningful relationships and finding, finding freedom and finding purpose. Is that, is that important or is the gospel, is the vehicle, the bride of Christ through which those things flow is it is it essential is it essential again if we miss this opportunity to evaluate things i think we miss an we miss an important opportunity in in our lives here here's three things that i want to give you quickly of what to do with these categories what do I, so what do i do with these categories we do we do this we number 1 have the courage to get rid of the clutter bin. Pastor, I might, I might need it. No, you won't. Pastor, I might wear it. No, you won't. You haven't worn it for the past five summers, but you got it out of the attic this past weekend because it got hot and you're like, oh, I should probably give this to Goodwill, but I haven't worn it in five years. You're not gonna wear it this year either. Go ahead and get rid of it. Go ahead. There's some things that you have emotional attachment to, but they're not going to serve you well in the new season. They're just gonna push you down. They're gonna hold you back. And so you're gonna have the courage in the name of Jesus to get rid of the clutter. You're going to make the decision this week in the name of Jesus, that relationship that needs to go away, those old thought patterns that need to die. We're going to have a funeral for those things. We're going to leave those behind. So number one is have the courage to get rid of the clutter bin. Number two, reevaluate and put in proper perspective things that are in the important bin. Listen, I'm not burn all the stuff in your important bin. It's important. But I'm saying 
ask the Lord to help you put it in perspective. Thing is this, live primarily out of the essential bin. Live primarily out of the essential bin. And let me give you a real practical tool on how to evaluate all of these things. Ask yourself how much time and how much money am I putting into these things? And that will show you where you spend your time and where you spend your dollars. You might not think it's important, but your, but your, your Wells Fargo bank statement says otherwise. Where is my time going and where is my money going? And it it reveals the priorities of your heart. And then here's the final one. You say, Pastor, you left one out. I know I did, but I'm getting to it. Here's the final one. And it hinges, everything hinges on this. Again, I, my hunch is that if you've made it this far into the service, Jesus isn't not important. He's not clutter. But can I ask you in all sincerity, come on, everybody, you've been a Christian for 35 years or you stumbled across this feed and and somebody shared it with you and, and you're searching out for spiritual truth during this time, can I ask you, is Jesus important to you or is he essential? Is he essential? Would you say, Pastor, I would die for my Jesus. He died for me. I'd give up everything. Pastor, I would never, I will never live my life without Jesus. He's at the center of everything in my life. And right there where you're at with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to invite you. Some, some of you need to, need to reaffirm and just say, Jesus, I make you essential. I make you essential. I make you essential. Others of you, you're going to make a decision right now. You say something like this, Pastor, I feel like I've been walking around, but I'm not awake. I feel like I'm going through the motions, but I'm not alive. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you can receive Christ into your heart and the breath of Jesus into your lungs so that you can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to your purpose. Come on, this is your day and this is your moment. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, as I pray this prayer out loud, I want you to pray it silently in your heart. Say something like this, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for only making you important in my life. But today, Jesus, I choose to make you essential. Today, Jesus, I choose to make you essential. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. And I ask you to come into my heart and to come into my life so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus name. Now hang with me, hang with me. I got one more thing. And if you click off, you're gonna, you're gonna miss a move of God in your life because God wants to impart something to you in these next three moments. So I talked about that we need to get rid of some things in our life. And if you go back to that Bible passage, you have two categories. I know I've got three bins, but it's really two broad categories. It's gold, silver, and fine jewels. And then it's wood, hay, and stubble. 
And the crisis that the apostle is talking about is the crisis of fire. So everything in our lives is going through the fire. It's going through the purification process. And some things are not going to make it, but others are going to be purified. See, fire has a destructive effect on wood and hay, but it has a purifying effect on silver and gold. And so some of the things in your life that you're losing, it, it, it just means that they weren't that valuable to begin with. But others things that you're going to walk out of on the other side, they're going to be even more valuable. And, and so part of what we need to do, I think, is we need to have a little bit of a, a funeral service for those clutter things. And we need to say, rest in peace, rest in peace, anxiety, rest in peace, relationship that was holding me back, rest in peace, old mindset and old habits that don't line up with the man of God and the father that he has called you to be rise up dads in the name of Jesus rest in peace absentee dad rest in peace the way everybody else does family rest in peace the way everybody else only goes to church 1.7 times a month rest in peace I'm not normal and I'm not average but here's the difference here's the difference while the world says R.I.P and lives in a state of mourning out of the things that they've lost, I wanna redefine for somebody what RIP means because RIP for you is not gonna mean rest in peace. It's going to mean rise in power. Come on, rise in power, church. Being a disciple of Jesus is the art of resurrection. And I declare over you in the name of Jesus, Jesus, that Jesus did not raise us up so that we can do nothing. Jesus did not raise us up so that we can live fixed in place and frozen in fear. Jesus didn't raise you up so that you can get cabin fever and live in Netflix nirvana. Jesus didn't raise you up so that you can lower yourself or lessen your expectations. Jesus did not raise you up so that you can be defeated by a coronavirus or any other microbe monster out there, not rest in peace, church, rise in power, rise in power. Your resurrection people, that's your DNA, not just on Easter when you put on a tie and a fancy dress and post a picture. No, your resurrection people right here and right now, rise up, church. Jesus is calling us to rise up and dream higher and serve stronger. Jesus is calling us to rise up and sing new songs and tell new stories. Jesus is calling you to rise up to see new signs and new wonders. And I release a season of miracles on you, church, in the name of Jesus. A season of miracles on the other side. A season of miracles that during this you're going to keep in your journal COVID miracles, that God is doing miracles and he's releasing miracles right now. Rise up to signs and wonders. And while the world is mourning what they've lost and saying rest in peace, you will rise in power. Come on, receive that rise in power in the name of Jesus. Rise in 
好。